What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Beyond the Non-Existent Box, a podcast where we have deep conversations around mindset, leadership, and creating the life that you want and deserve. Now, the goal of this podcast is to have you walk away from each episode having grown at least 1%, because 1% at a time is how you become the best version of yourself. A little bit about me, my name is Tudor, and I'm a fulfillment coach. I work particularly with people who have found a certain level of success, but are now feeling a little stuck, like they're not really sure what the next level is in their life anymore or how to get there. During these episodes, you'll definitely begin to know a little bit more about me and who I am. And at the end of each episode, I'll be sharing about some offerings and opportunities. So please stay tuned and listen in on those as well. And on that note, if you're not already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button so that you can stay tuned with what's coming up next. The topic of this conversation, I feel like, is going to be around creativity. Just because I feel like you have such um, a youthful creativity to you um that a lot of adults lose after time mm-hmm. you know like when when we have conversations when i see your posts on facebook i feel like your creativity is the type of like the the child who's always curious mm-hmm. you know and and i love that because mm-hmm. i think it's easy for us to mm-hmm. get lost in knowing and mm-hmm. thinking that we already know everything mm-hmm. rather than in mm-hmm. digesting or in I mean, just kind of curiosity in general. So uh, mm-hmm. I would love your take on that. What is it that keeps you so curious? Oh, man, those are great questions. Um, and that's what I wanted to say before. I was just like, you know, it's an honor to be on this show. If 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 that's what you do and, and you're helping people with, I'm like, oh, like somehow I fit into that. That's great. Um, <laughs> what keeps me so curious? Well, you know, the first thing that I thought when you were when you were saying that, and man, what a great, um, what a great lead into that, you know, like, you know, what does our quality of life have to do with the quality of our curiosity? Um, you know, I, I right to mind, I think of like Curious George, or like, you know, uh, you know, I worked with lots of children in my life. And um, when I, if I was to, I don't think I was a particularly curious kid, you know, uh, you know, I was I asked a mild amount of questions and but I wasn't like I wasn't like a really, really curious guy. I think I think you have moments in life that that really make you wonder, you know. They're little they're very blessed moments where you're just like I think we were talking about this when you th- when you start kind of you know pronouncing a word like a like a word deluxe. I was like, whoa, deluxe. And I can see like the D E L U X E. I can see like the neon word, like printing, like, and something about that word. And then you just realized, oh, I've never thought about that word, but it's so deluxe. Like if you were like thinking about like deluxe, like car wash or something like that. And then it just opens up like uh, a playful kind of like, whoa, life is so cool. Like where did that word come from? And, and how, how does our, our, our psyche, our mind, our, our software, if you will, uh, how does well, how come it's so hardwired to understand language? And then you're like, well, who created language, and who created this consciousness? And then and then I start getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the point where you get excited, where you start digging into the roots and the history behind this stuff. That's- yeah, like it's the roots in the history that's fascinating. And also, it's not always fascinating. Sometimes it's very dark, like the fact that we're using an English colonial language to communicate in the year 2020 has its own history. Um, so it can be very heavy as well. Like if you really get into that history, but it's also the the miracle for me of like, it's hard to realize, appreciate all those things in one moment. But when I do, it's like, I'm able to tap into like the, the wonder of where we truly come from. And like this fact that like, we, we're sharing a human life, human existence right now, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's a the little miracle bubbles kind of start popping up for me. Yeah. The miracle bubbles. What do you what do you mean by the miracle bubbles? <laughs> I don't know. I've never used that word before. Um, <laughs> well, I think that I was just thinking, you know, I was like, geez, I sure hope that Tudor doesn't ask me what magic is. Because I was like on the poster, right? It said, mm-hmm. you know, use how to use magic and creativity to face life's most difficult challenges. And then and then I was like, oh, I don't even know how to explain magic. Um, but but I did I did think about this and I started thinking about words that relate with magic. And I was like, magic miracle 
you know, miracle, do you believe in miracles? Like, you know, and then there's that great Einstein quote, which she says, you know, you can either live your life as um, every day is a miracle, or if it's not, you know, you know, you can live your life as if every, you can either, you can choose one of two things. You can either live your life as if every day was a miracle or not. And so I think that's the miracle bubble when you're in that miracle energy, like, what's mm. a miracle? Like, you know. <laughs> cool. So what, uh, well, that's actually the first time I've ever heard that quote. I've read a lot of Einstein quotes and I've read a lot of fake Einstein quotes. Oh yeah, yeah, fake quotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I haven't heard that one before, actually. Um, you know, and, and I love like, uh, you could either live every day as a miracle or you could you could live every day as if it weren't a miracle. Mm. How do you tell the difference? Ooh, if it was a miracle, I, I think that's a great question, man. I love your questions. Um, the, to me, the difference is like, I mean, I, 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 I would say, you know, anybody who is listening might be able to relate to those moments where, you know, you get into the humdrum of life, you know? You find yourself in the rat race that you never signed up for. Um, you find yourself just going through the motions. You find yourself maybe not doing your best, you know, not eating your best or or not taking care of yourself the best or not sleeping, you know, all these things. And and for whatever reason, you know, at least for me, it's like I, I let it slide for, you know, and it's not that I want to, but it's just you can't help it sometimes, right? It takes a while before you start paying attention to the dashboard, like your brake light. Oh, as soon as the brake light comes on, you're like, oh, I don't have money to pay for that. Or, or now's not a good time. You ask your mechanic, oh, uh, you know, how serious is this? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and for whatever reason, like there are just these little habits that are not as good habits, but they explain like how we live our lives, right? Um, and so how we tell the difference is that sometimes you might notice that quality of creeping up into your life, that quality of dullness, that quality of not living on your edge, you know? And, you know, I guess a good question would be what, what renews that, you know, what renews when we've lost our, our zest for life, when we've lost our, our, you know, uh, our purpose or our vision or the why, you know, what, what helps to renew that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm digesting everything you're saying. So if I get a moment of silence here to everyone who's listening and to you, Marcus, that's what it is. Sure. Uh, yeah, because again, you have a beautiful way with words and you, you usually use words that are, um, that I don't hear often. Like oh. zest, even, you know what I mean? Like no one uses that word, so I Sweet. love that. Um, but yeah, going back to what you're saying, uh, you know, we get used to doing certain things a certain way. And I feel like this kind of goes into what you had mentioned to me in uh, the message about success and how we've been fed success mm -hmm. a certain way, or we've mm -hmm. been, you know, um, we've been trained to believe it's a certain way. And we often forget about the little bits and pieces that make life wonderful. Mm -hmm. When you say that we've been, you know, uh, and I don't remember exactly the same words that you use, but when you say that, you know, we've been fed success or we've been, you know, mm -hmm. taught it a different way. What, what do you mean by that exactly? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Well, I think the first time it really occurred to me was, you know, and some people out there might know the uh, Landmark Education Forum. You know, I think you, I think you even touched through a bit. I, I did a little bit of it. Uh, I'm not like a crazy, crazy into Landmark, but I, I did get a lot out of it. And there was a, a thing that they called like this, uh, a paradigm of success. You know, um, you may have like opted out of one paradigm of success, which is like get a good job. Like, you know, what, what is it? You know, you, I think we learn it from our parents right away. It's like. When I grew up, I was like, I'm going to get a house, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to get a family, and I'm going to work hard, maybe, you know, get some nice things. Like, that was like a certain paradigm of success. And then at some point, uh, you know, I decided not to do that. I was like, I'm going to follow my heart and like, take go to music school against like, all other like, it was a very like, irrational decision, you know. Um, but so how success looked like following that different path. I opted out of like, especially as an Asian male, like I opted out of like, you know, the kind of, you know, the, the stereotypical success that my parents definitely, you know, you know, like, oh, well, Car Hong's a doctor and Car, cause he's, he's the, the, the head of ophthalmology now, like all these kids that we played piano with when we were kids, right? In the same community. And, um, you know, there's, I think with it for sure, Asian parents have this ideal of success and, 
I think for me, I asked that question. It was like when I was even I was I was enjoying a different kind of success in my life. I was like, wow, every day I get to go out and like help people and like make music with them and feel their spirits get lifted up. Like, I mean, so many people had had um have thanked me for that. But at the end of all of that, I still felt like like I was empty inside. You know what I mean? Like, um, like I had still fallen into some kind of other I had opted out for some other kind of success that was bogus, you know what I mean? And that I had to, at the end of it, I was, I had to arrive at like, wow, I'm, I'm burnt out. Um, I'm resentful. Uh, you know, I, I would go through stages of that being like, well, I'm not going to do that gig for hundred bucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you start having to check yourself. Um, and so there's a lot of pressure for of for success. So let me just get right down to the heart of it. So at the end of the day, I mean, I think that question you asked was like, um, you know, uh, do you remember what? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, you're good. You're good. I, I, off there, yeah. No, you're good. I love it when that happens, actually, because it shows that you you started focusing in the present moment with what you're saying. Mm. Uh, but the question was, I believe. Um, what do you mean by you know we were fed to success or right what right yeah, yeah yeah so you know what does it mean for you to be successful like I, I i felt like i opted for a different kind of success like do what i want i can wear the clothes that i want i don't have to tuck in my shirt i i can just do whatever i want i can be unshaven that was like freedom for me right and I was like, well, this is my job. I get to go into like old folks' homes. I get to go into universities. I get to be that cool guy. And the kids, and I go to elementary schools and they're like, I want to do what you do for a living, you know? And I thought that was success. It was success for a good period of time. But then now, you know, in this changing time where there's like no work for my, there's not that much work for what I used to do and my own life circumstance of just finding myself in a time of great transition. I'm looking towards like people who know about marketing and like, like people like yourself who are like, wow, like Tujer, wow. He, he's like successful. And he's like, he's aiming for these like, you know, six, six, seven digits. And he, and he wants to change the, the world. Like he, he's like, like all these things don't, they don't add up for me because I was like, I don't, basically I have to recalibrate what I thought was true because um, I, I'm, I'm, I opted out of one kind of success and I kind of bypassed some other kind of thing. I was like, I wasn't handling my money well. I wasn't being as responsible as I could in certain things, but I was just like, oh, my mom would be like, so you're happy, right? Happy? Fine. Just be happy. Like, you know, she was trying to be like, no, you need to focus on these things. I think people call them like people call it adulting, you know, like keep track of your money. Like da da da. I was like, I'll just buy whatever I want. Right. So these are hard lessons. Um, so success now involves more like financial success where it never really was a thing for me. I always just had enough money to do whatever I wanted and go traveling. I never really cared. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, what I'm hearing, uh, the difference is kind of, you know, the difference between success mm -hmm. and fulfillment mm -hmm. in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Like success, you know, I'll be honest, a lot of people are like, success is measured. You know, everyone measures it differently. It's different for everyone. And I honestly think that's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Just because for me, success, all that means is you had some, you set a goal, you completed it. That's all it is. That's all it is. Uh, it is, right? I have a goal. I accomplished the goal. There you go. I succeeded. There's success. There you go. And and I think a lot of people, what they do is when we look at it uh, mm. at a, on a deeper level, for me, the difference between success and fulfillment mm. is success is what you got to do to survive, mm. right? Fulfillment mm. is what you got to do to actually live. And Ooh. I think that's the difference there. And it sounds like for a while, and they're both great, don't get me wrong. I think mm. they're both needed yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the kind of world that we're in today. Mm. Um, and... You know, it's interesting. And actually, let me go down this rabbit hole a little bit with you. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. Because I would say that, you know, historically speaking, success has always mattered more in terms of survival, mm -hmm. right? Like we needed to succeed at, uh, you know, hunting the buffalo or else we wouldn't eat. We needed to succeed at totally. moving from yeah. place to, uh, one place to another or else we were going to die from, you know, the natural disasters or the cold or whatever it was, mm -hmm. right? And we're finally getting to this place where we don't have to worry so much mm -hmm. about survival because it's mm -hmm. not that it is guaranteed, but it almost feels like it's guaranteed. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
like almost like, <laughs> like worse comes to worse you could be homeless and still yeah. like you know like shelter almost doesn't even become a a human need anymore at some point mm-hmm. you know um so i feel like we're finally getting to the point where we're i guess we're at, at the bridge of like people are finally starting to talk about fulfillment mm-hmm. outside of success mm-hmm. people are finally starting to talk about like yes you're making a lot of money but are you happy or are you just surviving Right, and this is probably why, in the last few years, we've had so many coaches and so many self-help books be uh, created. Mm-hmm. So, I would love to hear your thoughts on, mm-hmm. you know, based off of just historically speaking, human nature and success, and where we're headed now. What do you think we need moving towards the future? What do you think we need more of in terms of success and fulfillment? Wow, yeah, that's a great question. <sighs> Yeah, I kind of I feel like I kind of want to pause there for a moment, like, you know, and just to acknowledge that, you know, the way that you and I are conversing right now, you know, we're very comfortable in it. And it's like, we're in a paradigm, you know, like, uh, and, and I mean this in the most non-judgmental way. It's like, you know, we both have, uh, you know, roofs over our heads, right? We've got like, cool audio gear. And, um, you know, in some ways, our basic needs are, you know, are, are 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 taken care of, right? And, you know, in our city, we have this, this this thing called tent city. I'm sure you, I mean, you live in Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there's, you know, homelessness and poverty. And, you know, we start going down into that realm, which is like, oh, okay. Like, and I guess, you know, I, I guess I continue to mature. I keep wondering, you know, how do I, how do we care? How do we care about all these things, right? And where does our personal success, um, you know, meet like, uh, I love this, I love this idea of social enterprise, you know, like, how can, you know, uh, are you familiar with the term social enterprise? I'm not actually. Yeah, it's basically, I'll give you an example, like a social enterprise is kind of like a business that I don't really know exactly. But for example, so, you know, we have these thrift stores in our city. Maybe this is answering your question. Um, We have these thrift stores in our city. And, you know, a lot of them, and so you go get cool clothes, like retro shirts and like old records and little knickknacks. And, you know, it's kind of a culture. We call it the VV Boutique, you know, Value Village. And then, you know, but then there was this kind of thing that was saying, well, actually, the Value Village is owned by an American company. And they don't actually give the profits. Like, they keep get the profits. Whereas, like, Goodwill, which is another um, thrift store, they... Um, they keep it local or, or they, they don't, they don't take as much and they send, they actually send the, the clothes or that are don't used. It comes down to like, who's profiting off of like all these. I mean, me personally, I just kind of use it a place to just drop off all my stuff. I'm like, they'll take it. <laughs> I'm like, fine, you can profit off it. It's like, it's better than going to the dump. Right. And, uh, and uh, that's my guilty confession. But so, so the social enterprise is, is called um, find. And I went in the other day and I went in and I'm like, this place is cool. And it was, and they only do furniture and stuff, but the difference between that is all like used stuff, all from donations, but they take all of that money and they give it and they, and they give it towards homeless organizations in town. So it's a business. Like, I mean, it has overhead. Like there's a, you know, there's, there's like a building and they have got staff, but it's, as a social enterprise, it is like meeting a very specific need to help address certain social issues. Um, so there's there was like something that I read about. It was like a laundry mat that hires homeless people, you know, and it's like putting all of this. What, OK, this is great. This is where I was coming from. It's the it's how do we take all that unused potential? You know, I, in my bio, I talked about me longing to be engaged in life. And um, how do we take all of that unused potential? Um Yukai Chao, he wrote this book called Actionable Gamification, and he goes, imagine a world where there's no longer anyone who says, I have to do that. What if there's a world we say, I want to do that? And so he uses gamification principles. Like, why do people love playing games so much to like harness that unused potential? Why is it that thousands and thousands of people in the, you know, the workforce, they don't really care about their jobs, they don't feel that engaged in their nine to five jobs. So they come home to build empires and lead armies and execute, you know, elite missions. Right. And they're so skilled. They've just, they've got all this unused potential. And what I love about um, social enterprise is that it sees the unused potential and like, 
uh, uh, homeless people um, in in use unused spaces and like very humanizing, very like um, a very principle of like you know what do we have to give and what does the culture need, what does society need, and trying to create these dynamic relationships that actually help to make our society stronger. So I guess that's kind of a neat little uh, bridge that I'm going to build between like this kind of paradigm that a lot of I'm not saying everybody does this, but, you know, I, I know you, like, you're a very thoughtful person, and I'm sure that, you know, these are not, like, new thoughts to you, but there's this kind of stereotype sometimes that, you know, coaches are, like, it's very about individual success, you know, it's like, and, and um, I think what we're seeing, what what I think is needed um, is, and what's happening already is that the interrelationship, you know, our our individual success is connected to our family. And our family history, our family traumas, our ancestral grief, right? Like I, um, and that's connected to our overarching community and to like uh, what what land or what land are we living on? And like, what's the history of this land? And that's connected to um, the country and the history, and then to the earth and the planet. And so, and like the what's needed is that is that. And what's happening is that people are starting to see that interconnectedness, you know, um, and uh, and the the hard part is how do we juggle all of that? Because you know, if you're not if you're barely surviving, you're not going to be thinking about those kind of things, right? You're going to be thinking about your individual success and how can my family, you know, get ahead um, in after we've just immigrated. You know what I mean? Like I can appreciate that now. My parents didn't think about that stuff because they were just trying to like do better and want their kids to do better. But for us as a first generation immigrants, we're like, okay, wow, we've landed in Canada. There's so many things to, to think about, you know, depending on what you pay attention to. It's like, how do we juggle all of that and still juggle our success? Mm. That was, a, that was a lot. I don't know. How, yeah. did, that, how did that last? Was, no, I, you know, <laughs> an interesting thought came to my mind while you were sharing all of this and you know, and, and it kind of developed the whole time you're speaking. So I'm not going to pinpoint at a certain time it came up uh, in what you said. But what came up for me was um, the idea that a lot of people seem to find fulfillment mm. in supporting people around their own success. Mm. And, and I'll get, I'll, get into that a little for example a lot of people the moment they find fulfillment is when they have a child mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and usually what that means is i have someone to look after now to make sure that they survive mm -hmm. i am actually responsible for this human being's survival mm -hmm. and their life overall and mm -hmm. usually i mean that's a lot that's a big burden i think any parent out there can agree with that that's a big burden right mm -hmm. <laughs> um but for mm -hmm. some reason it brings out such a high level of fulfillment mm -hmm. and for a lot of people who are the most fulfilled i would argue in life in general mm -hmm. uh or at least in their work mm -hmm. are people who are supporting others who need the support Mm, right so going mm, back mm. to uh, i think this is actually what you're saying around the the coaching and people have this idea that coaching is very about the individual and my disagreement with that is mm, because mm. you know like because i mean i think you and i both know that's not the case right mm -hmm. and what i find so fulfilling about what i do mm. is that i get to support people mm. around mm. their success mm. you know i get to support people around their fulfillment and their life Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you look at a lot of people, again, a lot of people who are out there saying, mm -hmm. I love my job, I get to do something that matters. A lot of the times it's directly correlated with actually making a difference in someone's life, mm -hmm. you know, supporting mm -hmm. them in a way that mm -hmm. is, I feel like everyone, every human being should fundamentally have support in. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to, I don't know, I guess I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, just what you think about that as far as you know fulfillment being the fulfillment coming out of supporting others in their mm, success. yeah yeah that's great that's great um 
I just gotta address something. I am. If you see me, I'm fiddling with my camera because I really want to get ourselves like level. <laughs> it's a little yeah, like obsession. <laughs> cool. Okay. Are we kind of? Are we kind are of? Doing, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, what I'm doing is I'm actually I've just squatted, right? I'm squatting because oh. um, and I've switched back and forth because there's this whole um, this idea that you know how we load our body weight. Um, it, it has something to do with how engaged I feel. And sometimes sitting is this kind of like modern thing where it's like not, your body's not really engaged, right? Like, and I know you as a dancer, um, you probably get that. You probably like, you know, when you're like really in it, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining you feeling like, you know, it's come back to using, you're expressing your potential, right? Mm. Um, so I'm sitting in a way that it tries to engage my potential that I can feel my whole body weight. So your question was... Uh, so I'm sorry, man. Well, you're uh, no, you're good. I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts about that, just because. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, oh, you, fulfilling you, others, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or finding fulfillment yeah. in supporting others around their yeah. success. Yeah, I think you're totally right when you say when people who, uh, you know, find, uh, you know, meaning and fulfillment in their jobs is usually because they're making a difference in somebody's life, and you know, and I thought, and I was like, yeah, could could we say that that's true? That most people maybe long to make uh to make a difference. You know, you know, part of me is like, oh, yeah, that's totally true. And part of me is like, oh, maybe it's not true, you know, maybe. Um, but. Yeah, like it, what was what was coming up for me was like this idea that um, what the world really needs right now is people to uh, come into their inner genius, you know, uh, and, and if more people come into their inner genius, the more solution, creative solutions, you know, in, in your community, in your family, in the world. And if you can support people in coming alive in their own genius or success or, or fulfillment or however you, you know, there's just different difference there. But then that, what, what a great way to use energy, right? You know what I mean? Um, I guess it's another great question. It's like, do we want to, would you rather just change one person's life, like be really impactful in one person's life? Um, and them impacting yours, or do you want to impact thousands or millions or hundreds? You know what I mean? And, you know, there's this whole idea of like, you know, the, the vanity metrics, you know, how many followers you have and, and, you know, all these things. And for sure, like that, that's a real pressure in my life. Like, wow, that person's got an amazing tribe of followers. Um, but, you know, my friend, Mark Kerwin, he just told me the other day, he's like, I want to have 1 million empowerers, you know, like people that I, feel I that I help to empower and they go out and, you know, and I think that's kind of what you're, I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what you're dialing into. Like there is tremendous um, uh, fulfillment in that of like knowing, like, is there something that I just by me being me and me doing what I'm good at can help somebody. Uh, and there's this analogy, like the Buddha, there's lots of fake Buddha quotes, by the way, too, um, <laughs> that it takes, you know, one candle, one candle can light 1000 candles without losing, without like losing any energy from it, you know? And so there's this, I, the image that I'm getting is that like, you know, coaches are, are in some ways they're like activators, you know? And that's uh, what I loved about hanging out with guys like you and Gavin and Sabo. It's like, you guys are all about the mindset, you know? And I wasn't, I didn't really associate with that before, but it's like, it's really like if you were a sports coach or something, it's like, you can help people um, understand their own mindset is how do you get like, it's like no difference than getting an engine to perform well, you know, uh, you know, tweak a little bit here and tweak a little bit there. And, and I really started getting more respect for coaches um, after I met guys like you and Gavin and Sable, because I was like, oh, this is a really awesome kind of uh, profession, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that you've done your own uh, work in terms of healing and whatnot. And actually, let me take this as an opportunity to dive more into something I wanted to really talk to you about. Mm. You have this thing called, um, I think you call it like healing sound or sound healing, mm. you know, and because you're a musician. And uh, your music, it's its not the typical, you know, what you hear on the radio, like you know, top 40 <laughs> type of stuff, but you do it to me when I hear it, it seems very deeply rooted. Mm. Um, and yeah, like there is, it's, it's for the intention of healing. What do mm. you mean when you say like healing sounds or healing music? Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's a really big topic. <sighs> okay, where do we start with this? <laughs> um 
Well, let's look at the word a heel, for example. And so heel is the English word. Uh, and the root word, from what I understand, is comes from the Hebrew word hal. Um, so I think, again, you know, you said deeply rooted. So I think that's a great. Um, so we can look at the root of the language. Heel means is hal. And hal in the Hebrew, you know, we can look at a, a culture's understanding of that word to give us clues to like, what did they mean by that? You know, <laughs> and so hal means something to, to means to become whole, right? And to become whole is become so whole that you knew that you were connected with the whole of everything. So you become holy, like to, to connect it with the divine or the thing that is greater than you that supports all of life, right? Um, and so to heal is to return to your wholeness, you know, um, uh, whether you realize, you know, and I think a lot of the healing uh, is that, um, you know, that you, you, you always are whole, but you may not, you may not be able to access your wholeness, right? Now, there's a, there's a difference between healing and curing, right? Um, a great example of that is that, um, you know, you can cure a disease, like, you know, you could cure like a kind of an infection or some kind of, you know, cure, someone was cured of cancer. Um, but healing is like, has more to do with, I mean, you could also say, you know, you cut your hand and your hand heals, but healing has more to do with like the whole of your being. So someone could still die of cancer, but their soul could be healed. You know what I mean? Like they could die a peaceful death, you know, they could pass knowing that, like not in, in in that resentful kind of um bitter kind of place of like feeling like they've lost a battle you know what i mean so there's a distinction between i don't know if i did a good job of painting that but there's a distinction between healing and curing and yeah. so healing it's wholeness so music that helps to heal um helps to kind of you know music's amazing if you think about any kind of music you listen to whether it's classical or hip-hop or some lo-fi or the Beatles, it, you know, it, it transforms and shifts your mood right away. You begin in training to the vibration of that music. Um, and so, you know, music that's created for healing is intended to, it could be from anything to stimulate um, your nervous system, your parasympathetic nervous system to calm you down. Simple words like calm you down, you know, um, to regulate your breathing. Uh, it could have anything to do with, you know, uh, the, um, you know, just hearing like a long um, singing tone bell, it helps to entrain your brain waves. Dong. And then suddenly you're aware of all the spaciousness around you. You know what I mean? So literally um, healing music, you know, there is an actual energetic healing component, like your structure of your insides is being repaired. But on another level, it helps to stimulate and entrain you, which means like, you know, uh, sync you up towards, uh, uh, sync you up towards a, a consciousness or uh, a tuning that your body responds positively to, you know, all the functions of your body, you know, you start calming down, resting and digesting, you relieve stress, you start noticing your breathing. And so I guess healing music supports that. Sorry, that was a long-winded answer. Oh, that, no, that was beautiful, man. And, <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah, that was beautiful. I, I love the distinction. And actually, my girlfriend, Nasta, hi, honey. Uh, she joined us live. Uh, oh, hi. And she, said, she said she loved the distinction as well between healing oh, great. and yeah. Uh I've never heard it put that way. And I, it's interesting because in the coaching world, and I, I don't want to stay on this topic too long, but I just want to put it out there. In the coaching world, a lot of what we say is we're not here to heal people, but mm. I always felt like that was off. Because mm. really what we're trying to say is no one's broken, so we're not trying mm. to fix anyone, Totally, right? that's it, so, right? Yeah. And I think, and yeah. I think uh, at some point, I, and I don't remember exactly who it was, but someone said, um, someone had told me that using the word healing is wrong because we're not mm. there to actually fix anything. Mm. And but then it always sat right with me, the word itself. And I think you, you brought up exactly why it sat right with me, because it wasn't that mm. anything was broken, it's just trying to support people to realize the wholeness. Um, so thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. It, um, it, yeah, and, and for these people, because um, I, I want to be conscious of our listeners, mm, for the people mm. who aren't, you know, maybe they're dealing with something, they're going through a hard time, they, you know, life's challenges, as you mentioned, um, mm. you know, when we had talked outside of this call, you know, 
how would someone who has never had this experience before go about getting that experience of sound healing? Oh, yeah. Um, well, um, there's lots of different ways. Um, I mean, these days now you can just go onto Spotify and you can type in, um, you know, really kind of what floats your boat. There's like, you get your kind of everything from your uh stereotypical like spa music like soft tones and bell chimes and then you get more a little bit like you know your tibetan singing bowls or you can nowadays there's these like um music that's tuned to specific frequencies and those frequencies are you know calculated to correspond with like the the you know the the mathematical ratios of the planets and the sun and the the frequency of the earth and so basically the idea is like you can go onto um spotify or whatever and just look up like healing tones or you can look up solfeggio or four, 432 hertz like i know this is kind of like out out there but you can you know feel free to message me afterwards but just type in healing music and at the end of the day um you know all music is healing, right? Like, I mean, it's to some level, not all music, but like, you know, songs that you like, right? The songs that you like, it's not really that much of a rocket science, but you can become more intentional by choosing the kind of music that you listen to, to support um, the functions, um, support what it is that you need healing with, right? Um, so the, the easiest way to go, I mean, go, go onto YouTube, you can look up, you know, type in healing, uh, you know, there's with instruments, there's with voices, there's with drums, um, you can contact me. Uh, I feel like I didn't really answer it that well. But yeah, go to the internet, there's tons of stuff out there. No, that was perfect. Uh, okay. Let's see, I had somebody just right here. We're literally listening to Marcus's sound healing right now. <laughs> oh, cool. Really? What's up, MJ? Thanks for tuning in, brother. Hope you're well. Uh, his name is MJ. Oh, cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, bringing it back. Um, yeah, I think there's there's something to be said about you know a lot of people who have never. For example, when I first started meditating, I thought that it was just me closing my eyes and trying not to think, right? Mm -hmm. And I and I tried to do all these guided meditations, and none of them worked, or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But uh, the reason why I bring that up is because I feel like. Um, we have this natural tendency to think that just because we tried to practice a certain thing or just because I tried to meditate that it does, it just doesn't work for me. Right. And there's a responsibility in our mm -hmm. end. You have to meet it halfway. So for example, in this context, I can imagine that some people who have never experienced sound healing before mm -hmm. can listen to it and be like, that didn't do anything for me. Mm -hmm. you know, it just sounded like a bell. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm. what would you say to these people who want to experience sound healing? Mm. But, you know, to them, like, like, what do they need to shift within themselves to actually experience the sound that way? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I, I feel like the key lies in intention, for sure. And, you know, we talked earlier about, um, you know, sometimes we're in our we're in the hustle and bustle of life and we can't we can't slow down we can't stop we notice we're not doing our best right like there's all those indicators in our lives that like something needs attention um the quality of my day-to-day -day living is is suffering right and usually when i'm in the hustle and the bustle it's like you you can't hear anything maybe you just hear the 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 chatter in your head right it's like ah you know the self-talk or the pressure that you're feeling to complete a task and what i what i can say is that um a really fun exercise to do so this is good you can something you can do right away is like the next time you're in your house or in the grocery store or in the forest if you go to, if you do if you're in, if you're able to do that just walk so quietly so that you can begin to hear all the sounds around you and if you and if you can just tune it's like just tuning your radio tuning the dial right but the problem with our modern day living is that we're so bent on this rhythm of like having to survive um, that 
in the design of our life, we don't do those things naturally anymore. You know what I mean? Like if, if you, if we were like hundred years ago, if we were walking around in the village and there's like a lion or a snake around or, and the birds would alert to you if, the, if there's snakes, poisonous snakes around, you'd be listening for all of these things. You wouldn't be like on your device the whole time or like, you know, your attention, sometimes we call it primal awareness. You would be living in that more often, but now we kind of have this like, uh, our, our attention is like very fixated on things. So if you're not able to hear or to to digest it or even to notice it, then what you know, then we can just play a game, right? This comes back to creativity. You can play a game, and you know, just see if you can like sneak up on your friend or like sneak up on your dog or like get from here to the front, you know, to your front door, like a like a sniper, you know, like something really quietly. And in that way, suddenly you'll notice that your entire that's the miracle of us, of human beings. We can just like shift. We can just make a shift. And suddenly we can start to experience reality in uh, in a new way, in a way that, like I said, brings renewal to be like, whoa. And I think so much of that has to do with when we were kids, right? And we we're playing and, and, and suddenly like the world is your oyster again, right? Like you just realize what a miracle this software, this hardware that I have and how many things that it, it, it's truly receptive to including sounds um so you don't have to wait if so if you want to get benefit from sound healing you don't have to um you know even go to youtube you can do it right now you can start listening to the sound of your breath you know to the tone of your voice you can tune into your heartbeat you know and just do a little challenge see if you can do it for like 30 seconds you know see if you can make it into a minute and, and just notice you know if did that affect the way that you you know did that affect you in a positive way if it doesn't, then just try something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my girlfriend wrote back and she said, yeah, I'm listening to Marcus's healing right now. <laughs> uh, and I, I love that you mentioned that actually because it answers uh, MJ's second part of what he wrote. He wrote, I feel like sometimes the HZ music doesn't work compared to the real thing. Mm. Uh, and I love that you you pointed that out because it's something that, you know, that is correct, right? Sometimes we listen to something and it, it's kind of like the difference between going to a concert and hearing the CD version of it, right? Uh, there's just yeah. a slight distinction. So I love that you yeah. mentioned, you know, a practice you could do at home right now. Yeah. And I think it's important also to note for a lot of people, sound and music aren't always the same thing. You know, and I think a lot of times people will be like, oh, sound healing. And they'll go mm -hmm. look for music that tries to be healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes it is just like you mentioned, the sound of your breath. Yeah. You know, uh, if you're in a grocery store, maybe it's the sound of someone, someone opening up refrigerator and closing mm -hmm. it. Again. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. One of those uh, big freezers. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, that's it. So just wanted to put that out there. Uh, and, you know, we are uh, coming up on time here, but there's a few questions that I definitely want to ask you. And I think the audience will mm. uh, enjoy. And, you know, the very first question I have for you is, you know, and, and this is because you mentioned this earlier, like you hope I don't ask it. So oh. but what, what is magic? You don't, you're not talking like David Blaine yeah. magic. I mean, right, right. Magic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So like, that's good. So we've got a couple of listeners. I guess the question is, so, you know, do you believe in magic? Let's just put it out there, you know, like, do you believe in magic? Like, and it's the first thing that kind of comes up is like, oh, what, what's magic? Like waving a magic wand or like seeing sparkles on your Instagram post. Like, ooh, magical. Um, I think magic is like, well, here, here's, here's another great um, reference to uh, etymology, which is the root of words. You know, when you think of a kid, just, you know, growing up in North America, like what's a, ma what's a magic word, Tuzier? Like we talked about words before. What's a magic word? Yeah, I, you think you will like, like, Tuzer, what's yeah. a, I need the magic words. I don't know. Shazam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Shazam. And literally, Shazam is magic, like the app, right? It is. Ad, and there's like mm -hmm. Hocus Pocus, Abracadabra, and actually, Abracadabra, again, comes from the Jewish, uh, the, from the Hebrew word, Obracadobra. And Obracadobra means something like speak and it is so speak and it is so and um uh you know for example abracadabra now i will turn my dog into a frog 
you know, like, and and that's where that kind of common, um, that that kind of common use of that word, like kids use it all the time. And so when we talk about magic, at least on the most basic level, is something that I'm fascinated is about the power of our words, right? What are we speaking and putting it into? What are we speaking and and are and and are we making that so? And is that really what we want? You know, how do we use our language? Um, and and what is it that gives you know? So that you can say, wow, that person has a lot of magic, a lot of you know. So I can create something with my words. Uh, I can change the tone and the and the way that people are responding. Like you know, your girlfriend was saying, oh, Marcus. I, I think what she meant was that I'm sound healing right now. But what fascinates me is like, when do we lose our magic? And when we lose our magic is like, comes down, you know, when are you not in accordance with your word? When are you not in integrity with your word anymore? You know, where in your life are you not doing what you're saying you're going to do? And, uh, and, and I think slowly our magic, the power for us to create with our words and to be like, you know, uh, uh, it, it gets diminished, right? So magic in some way has to do with creativity and what we're creating and everybody has their own magic like it's a big topic you know you have your magic when you dance you know you've got like it's this thing and it's like it makes you tuger you know and there might be people who dance in a similar style but when you're really in that zone it's like you know you probably it's probably un you recognize it right and so i think we all have magic um one of the ways that I use my magic is, uh, you know, you know, I, I like to play. Sorry, I'm trying to make this really succinct, but let's just keep it at the power of our words, right? Like, you know, you know, um, I'm gonna leave it. At, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah, and for people who want to know more, they can definitely reach out to you. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, last question that I have here for you, and this is kind of, I always like to uh, do a funky question, just Ooh. to, uh, it's a hypothetical question, and, you know, I, I just would love to hear your thoughts on it. So sound, I mean, we, we've we all heard words are only 7% of communication, Ooh. right? And mm. it's like a lot of it is actually body language and uh, mm. the tone in, in which we speak. And I feel like language is man-made. I mean, it really is, right? We just kind of made up language. And depending on where you're from, different things got made up. I'm curious what it would be like if we lived in a world where everyone communicated based on sound, but no actual language. If there was no written language or no verbal language, it was just sound. What would that be like? Oh, yeah, that's a really awesome question. It was funny um, seeing all the synchronicities in our in this cast, and it was like the other day somebody posted on their Facebook that it was like, "What would it be like if everybody in the world was a great communicator?" You know, and I think they they were alluding or you know suggesting that you know a lot of the problems that our world you know uh, is in communicate in communicating, you know, and I can attest to that even though I like to think I'm a good communicator, like it's hard to communicate with people you have tense relationships with, like your mom and your dad, right? Um, despite best intentions, there's so much uh, history there, you know? It's like sometimes I think, God, there must have been like a war fought in my family with the amount of anger, you know, that we feel. But the way that I responded to that question, which is very similar to your question, which was like, what, uh, you know, what would a world look like if we only communicated without meaning? So words have meaning and context, right? Um, you know, and you realize that your words have no context. If you're like in Japan and nobody speaks like uh, whatever, like, you know, nobody speaks French, let's just say, right? And suddenly your currency, the way you exchange, like with your money, it's like, you know, oh, I've got like, uh, there's, a, you know, suddenly it has no, va like nobody can understand it, right? And I remember when I was in Mexico one time and I was trying to explain, ask them like, where is the phone? Uh, you know, and I was like, you know, using mime and using like, a oh, uh-huh, yeah, like, you know, like using, and then naturally going into what I call our primordial language, which is just sound and energy. It's like pure expression. It's like, oh, oh, mm -hmm. 
right? And it's like, suddenly we're going back to this essential form of communicating. And I think the way that I would tie that all together is like that form of essential communicating kind of can evolve into music, you know, music without lyrics, like, you know, just like a rhythm. Mm. right and then you could be like oh if we want to be in harmony together we naturally you we would have to find a way to fit and if there was three or four people we would naturally find a way to fit together and then if you add melody oh oh oh, oh there's no there's no meaning in that it's just sound and melody and expression right and but you know and the beauty of music it's this gift that actually you know, when it's in harmony together, you know, our whole body responds, our, our whole being responds with like a very like a sense of, of uh, beauty or there's just, I mean, that's just that thing about music, right? It's like, whoa, that's like, that's magic. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if people were to communicate in that way, I think that's a wonderful, that's a really powerful thing because suddenly you're just saying, let's don't make meaning of all of this. Let's just go back down to the basic building blocks of how we communicate, you know, um, and which is like based on our, uh, like, let's just try it, Tudor. Like, I'll be like, no words. Uh, 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 yeah, something something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. It's, you know, uh, it almost makes me think like the thought thought that's coming in my head is like, um, in the absence of language, we may actually understand each other better. Mm. You know, I think we would actually be, because yeah. uh, language opens room for interpretation. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of and the then misunderstanding. Exactly. Yeah. But I think when you, in the absence of it, all there is is energy, you know, all there Mm. is is uh, emotion expression through Mm. sound Mm. and potentially without all the layer of, you know, fancy words, Mm. we could actually understand each other to the root and the core of what each Mm. other had to express. Mm. Mm. So that's, yeah, I, I feel like uh, <laughs> I'm going to want to try this with my girlfriend or something. Well, you like, should. Hey, it's great. Have an argument just yeah. in sound. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can't say anything you're going to regret, right? It's like, oh, <laughs> you really hurt my feelings when you said that. But it's like, ah, I just want to show you, like, I just need to, like, not hold back how angry it is. And then have you ever mm-hmm. felt that where you have to tiptoe around your words because it's so easy to, like, oh, I thought you meant... What are you saying anyways? Like, you know, like, because, you know, your words are like triggering some experience of like some story that that person might have, which would be very real to them. And I think, oh, man, you're really getting me excited. It's like this need to like actually to exercise like our primal range of energy, I think is intrinsic to our wellness. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, free of meaning. And, And it doesn't mean that, you know, we, you know, we live in a very sophisticated we can live in a very sophisticated world where we need very like particular words like law like jargon like you know words that particular law medical terms um but there's something really beautiful about you know using very simple language right that's like simplicity like like a child could understand and then there's just pure sound and uh, energy that's another form of sound healing really because it helps us to connect with the whole range of ourselves you know Ah, awesome. Yeah. And uh, I want to make sure that we touch on this question here. Andre wrote in here off the idea of success again, Hmm. once you get the paradigm of freedom and fulfillment, what happens? Do you have any more thoughts on that? Uh, Can you say again, the the, the paradigm of success? Yeah. uh, Off the idea of success again, once you hit the paradigm of freedom and fulfillment, Mm. what happens? Yeah. You know that's a that's a good question. Is MJ your girlfriend? Uh, no, no, no. MJ's a oh, friend. Okay. Oh, MJ's a guy. Yeah. Hi, hi, MJ. Thanks for the question. I really like that. I, I think for me, anyways, and it's just this, just me. This is my opinion. You know, freedom is a very interesting word, and I think the question that we, we could ask ourselves right now, like in this moment, like, am I free? You know, am I truly free? Am I? I'm, I can move my hands. 
Uh, I can choose my words. Um, what if I don't pay my bills? Uh, then am I free? Um, oh, that means I have to work. Or what if I don't call my mom back in like three days? She's going to yell at me. Oh, I better call my mom. <laughs> you know, like, what is freedom? Um, I, I don't really know, have an answer for that. I, I've, I've, I've considered it in terms of history, like, you know, South Africa, apartheid, and people who had to fight for their freedom, you know, um, people in our, you know, people even closer to my own culture, like fighting for their freedom, Hong Kong, you know, um, the revolution in Hong Kong. Um, I'm sure as well as in your culture, Tujir. Um and so freedom and fulfillment, uh, I had this teacher once briefly, we didn't get along, but he did say some pretty wise things. And he said, um, you know, freedom is, is, is doing what you know you must, you know. And it's interesting, you know, what is, what is, real, what is real freedom? You know, freedom of speech, freedom, you know, all these liberties that we take for granted. Um, and your responsibility of your family, are you free to just walk away from your family, you know? What, what binds you there? You know, what binds you to some of the things that you don't like about yourself or that you're struggling with? And so then that comes to terms with like, what is fulfillment, you know? And um, I think for me anyways, you know, you juggle all of these things, you know, you chase success in different ways and you found, and you thought you were not trying to be like that, but then you realized you were, you were doing that anyway, like, you know, you found yourself in a paradigm that you didn't sign up for. And at the end of the day, you know, you, you question your health, you know, you're like, wow, is this having an effect on my health and my well-being? Um, and, 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 you know, you notice when you're not your best and you notice when you're your best. And that's, at some point, I think you have to, you get to juggle all of that and recalibrate and say, what is really fulfilling to me, you know? If I had to let some of that go, or if I was to only, you know, and and that's a hard. I think it's an easy question, but it's hard to really fulfill on because there's a lot of, at least for me, there's a lot of things pulling and pushing at my attention constantly, you know, competing. And I think that's why intrinsically I've always been interested in spirituality, which is like you know, following those great teachers who were asked these same questions, like how do we find freedom from our suffering, you know? for ourselves, for our community, for our family, for, you know, for other people. And uh, to me, that's always been inspiring, you know, like the Buddha or other, other, you know, there's many other stories of many other um, teachers, but, you know, I meet guys like Tujer who doesn't, don't necessarily come from that paradigm, but I realize, or, or from that influence, but I, I see this, like, you know, this human being that I can relate to it's on such a deep level. And it just it just opens my mind more to realize that like wow i was pretty closed minded in thinking that i knew uh, you know that oh, oh oh humans are like this or humans are like that so that's a long winded question uh, answer um but yeah so freedom what is freedom um you know and eventually you'll find yourselves in those moments in life where you'll be like what what's truly fulfilling to me and it'll be a hard choice to be like to you know you know to really act on that um and and you know to, and it'll challenge you to be your best or you might just find yourself going for another lap on that shitty cycle and you're like okay okay looks like i didn't fully learn my lesson yet you know <laughs> got it yeah and if i could put in something there too as well uh you know for me freedom has always been about choice right mm -hmm. freedom uh, is an opportunity to choose mm -hmm. which is where you see people who uh are you know wrongfully imprisoned or what and whatnot and they choose not to suffer, right? Mm. And in that way, they say, hey, I had my freedom. I was locked up, but I was, you know, my freedom yeah. was kept away from me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the thing you mentioned about family, you know, what binds you to your family? Why can't, like, you know, what is it that keeps you and why can't you just walk away? And I think the beauty in that is that there is the freedom to walk away and yet you mm. choose to stay because there's also the freedom to choose, mm. you know? Uh, and that's mm. just my perspective on it. Mm. Uh, that's and then, great. Yeah. And, you know, and so when we look, when we look at freedom in our lives, you know, how many of us are choosing, right? Because a lot of people say, hey, we don't have freedom. We don't have freedom. And I disagree with that because I think, you know, freedom is, again, just a choice, right? And it's, a, it's almost like a state of mind. And at, you know, at what point do you choose? At what point will you choose, you know, um, 
something that is more than what your currently mm. what your current reality is. I guess you could say. Mm. Um, yeah, and then on the on fulfillment, you know, it's interesting because I don't feel like there's ever you don't hit fulfillment. Mm. You know, I don't I don't think it's something. <laughs> it's not like success, and I think this is the beauty in fulfillment. Mm. It's mm-hmm. not something that's that has a uh, a stopping point or a ceiling the way that success does. Mm-hmm. Success is basically just, hey, I have a goal and I'm gonna get there, like we mentioned earlier. Fulfillment, mm-hmm. I feel like, is everlasting, mm-hmm. and 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 the thing is, you accomplish it every day, or at least we attempt to. You know, so for example, success for me in a day might look like, hey, you know, I'm gonna have this great podcast with Marcus. You know, and if we have a great podcast, like that for me is successful. We had a successful podcast. Fulfillment for me is, you know, hey, I'm going to support two people to love living their life a little bit more today. Mm. You know, I'm going to be the cause of someone saying, you know what? My life is amazing today. And the thing is, we can see that never ends because mm. tomorrow I can wake up and support mm. these same people in the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, that's what fulfillment is. It's, it's, it's not a ceiling. It's not something that we hit. It's something that we consistently mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I guess it, it's the fulfillment for me is the process in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that that's my thought on it. That's great, Tijer. I really appreciate, I just appreciate who you are and the way you navigate. Like, I mean, you could say that kind of, and you know the, the level of depth that you've you know you've, you've danced around with it and i guess my i would just say at the end of the day it's like i, I sometimes i get these uh i just get these you know feelings like sometimes i'll be like oh I, I, i'm happy like and they're fleeting moments and i don't get them all the time and i'm in this stage where i realized i'm i'm really passionate about things and i'm realizing that following my passion always doesn't bring me fulfillment not like I thought it would. In fact, it burns me the fuck out sometimes. And again, you know, just at the end of the day, it's like this. I like this word contentment, which kind of is a, is a cousin to fulfillment, you know. And it's like, can I be content with what I have, you know? And and sometimes I feel success is like I want what he has, <laughs> <laughs> and like well, working with what you've got. So man, you know, and it's not a lot. I don't know if it's quite philosophy, but I think every person at the end of the day can really sit and like break bread, you know, with a brother or sister or another, you know, and be like, and I think we can share in that goodness of fulfillment, of fulfillment, of contentment and success, you know, of a job well done. Right. And so, you know, you, Tudor, you asked me, what is it, what is it that we need, you know, in this culture? And I think, you know, I need things that common goals that we can work to, to, together, you know, common goals that we can say that we succeeded at that as a peoples um things that we can feel feel fulfill share and fulfillment together like 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 watching a funny comedian or or like having a good laugh or sharing stories or contentment and being like hey i've um let's drink from this water you know that's clean in the river and um you know there's a lot of shit going around with the wrong with the world right now but we can let's take care of this river and we can drink from it you know, and uh, and we can be content with that simple, you know, wealth, that simple bounty of the earth, something like that. Mm, I love it. Yeah, and dude, I would love to keep this conversation going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and look, I feel like you and I, we need to after after COVID or whatnot, we need to just sit down sometime and like have a spend a whole day together. You know, uh, I don't know, go to a coffee shop and be there, uh, open to close. Uh, Amjay says my life feels a little more lighter after listening thank you for sharing your concept thanks yeah thanks for uh, tuning in brother and hey reach out to me after this yeah Uh, and Marcus as well Um, but you know two last questions here for you Marcus is um, the second to last one is what's the impact you want to have on the world Ooh, that's one that's a great question (sighs) I I think to put it simply it's like you know, life, life, is, life gets tough sometimes, you know, life gets tough and uh, you'll, you may get challenged. Uh, everything that you thought you knew might not be true. You know, you, everything you thought you stood for, you're not sure about. And, uh, you know, I guess maybe at the, my, what I want for the world is at the, as, as at the end of the day, you know, um, 
at the end of each day, you know, you maybe you can just ask yourself, am I am I doing my best? You know? And sometimes even if you are, you're getting your ass kicked. And maybe that's a kind of contentment, you know, just to say that just to say that I'm I've I've did my best today, you know, going to sleep. Got it. Awesome. And the last one here is how can people connect with you? Because I feel like we have a lot of people here who are, you know, thinking who the hell is this Marcus guy? How, how, have, how have I not heard sure. of him? Oh, that's awesome. like, I want to get to know more of him. How can these people reach out to you? Oh, right. Uh, that's great. Thanks, Tujer. Well, um, I mean, you can definitely find me on Facebook. Send me a message. I'm always on Facebook. Uh, um, and you can go to my professional website, you know, marcusfung.ca. Um, I've got, a, you know, two thing, two offerings that I'm doing weekly. Um, one of them is called Village Voices. It's a uh, it's a it's a transformational space that we get. It's I aim to transform the way we experience Zoom, you know, and and live calls and uh, and and reframe social media as a healthy longing for attention. So we get together usually about five or six people, and we you know we open up a space using music, uh, rhythm, wordplay, uh, and uh, and it's 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 a, it's, an, it's a space to experience a breakthrough in your communication and your self expression, all the things that we talked about. So that's uh, Village Voices, and then I also have a, a program that I do every Sunday night called um, sifting through the buried treasure of our past and it's a storytelling class and so we get together we learn about the art of storytelling and and how to hone the magic of the stories that we carry in our bones the things that have happened to us you know that happened for us and, and how to become better storytellers awesome and i'll also link all of that down below or in the description as well for anyone who wants uh just a, a click of a button to get there uh, but thank you so much, Marcus. I appreciate thank you. Having you oh, Honestly, is this was a, I love having your conversation. So thank you. Me too, Tujer. Thanks so much for having me. Loved your questions. Yeah, for sure. And everyone who tuned in, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, Thanks, this everybody. is non-existent box with Marcus Fung. We had a lot of great conversations today, so make sure that you check this out. Uh, you know, once once it's on the podcast and uploaded to YouTube. Again, my name is Tujer. I have a few offerings myself as well. I'm uh, actually giving away two or three free sessions. I haven't decided exactly how much, how many yet, but I'm giving away two or three free sessions just um, as a gift to you for the rest of the year, 2020, just because I'm, I'm no longer interested in doing this marketing and sales thing. So I just want to give you some support and get you going into 2021. 20, uh, On top of that, I will be having a goal setting workshop coming up either in the end of December or early January. So stay tuned for that as well. And that will also be free. Again, thanks for tuning in beyond the non-existent box. I hope that you leave this episode having grown at least 1% more than when you came in because 1% at a time is how we become the best version of ourselves. Be well and remember to love living life.